Hello, and welcome to the Plant-Based Liberty Podcast, the official podcast of the LP Plant-Based Caucus. On this podcast, we'll talk with guests and explore where a plant-based lifestyle meets libertarian philosophy and so much more. We believe people have the right to freedom when it comes to what they eat, but they deserve to hear the other side of the story from our perspectives. And with that, here's the Plant-Based Liberty Podcast. Welcome to the Plant-Based Liberty Podcast. I am Plant-Based Matt. I'm Jessica. And um, we're here today with Josh from the Pineal Podcast. Hey, guys. <laughs> cool. We actually had, uh, we recorded an episode like a month ago and um, there were some audio issues. So this is our second t- privilege talking to uh, Josh about all things vegan. And um, with that, uh, so why did you choose the name Pineal Podcast for your podcast? The pineal gland is a place inside your brain that uh, is responsible for more than melatonin production and uh, is talked about in um, many ancient cultures and different ways but uh, it's a place within yourself that you can access uh, some people um, and then uh, experience connection uh, to yourself uh, and and so at a time where I was uh, greatly experiencing said connection, uh, the name came. Cool. Yeah. I think we talked about that a little last time. Um, you know, you see like the eye of Horus and all that stuff is connected directly to the pineal gland. Um, so how long have you been doing the pineal podcast? This is year three now. Year three, awesome! Yeah, uh, your most recent episodes were with uh, Glenn Greenwald and um, Jimmy Dore. That was very, very awesome. Uh, how'd you how'd you land those two? Uh, I just asked uh, very nicely. <laughs> Many people are willing to give you some time if you just reach out uh, and ask good night. That's really awesome because I know they have pretty busy schedules, so that's great for them to accommodate. And you said, uh, I remember Jimmy Dore saying he went on your podcast specifically because it was called the Pineal Podcast. But uh, I really enjoyed that uh, episode. I really enjoyed the one with Green, uh, Glenn Greenwald too. People who know about the pineal gland. Um, that word is kind of a, a beacon um, to have a different type of conversation. 
Absolutely. Um, so like, I mean, you have Jimmy Dore, you've had Jimmy Dore, you've had uh, Glenn Greenwald, you've had a lot of awesome guests, like very diverse range of guests. Like, how do you go about choosing who you want to be on your podcast? Well, they have to accept. Uh, <laughs> so it takes a while. Uh, I'm hoping this next one I have planned in a couple weeks with Dr. Sabine Hazan, who is a like a pioneer in the gut microbiome. She was the first doctor to track COVID in the wastewater, um, but she also found that the COVID vaccines destroy your bifidobacteria uh, in the gut, and so it it. Um, and she was also one of the censored doctors. Uh, and so I want to speak to those who they don't want you speaking to and talk about things they don't want you talking about. That'll be interesting because I was thinking about that yesterday. Like, you know, this is our pilot episode. Um, and I'm not sure how that works with like, because I know for a while they were censoring you know, episodes that even talked about it. So I don't know what that's like now. Hopefully um, you're able to do it with no consequences or episodes getting flagged or taken down or anything like that. I mean, that's why I'm not on spot. Uh, excuse me. That's why I'm not on YouTube because I know I'd be uh -huh. taken down and flagged immediately. Uh, <laughs> but Spotify just slaps on. I think it's still there. I'll go check. But it's like a learn more about COVID-19 like sticker on the episode. And then they send you to like the CDC website to tell you that they actually recommend you take the COVID vaccine uh, and, <laughs> and be fully boosted and everything that everyone says contained within the episode is wrong. It looks like they've actually removed that. Wow, that was on there for a while. Uh, oh, awesome. they were doing it to Rogan too. Um, yeah. so I, I guess the, the mainstream consensus has moved far enough to realize the mistake that that was, um, <laughs> but not everyone wants to admit that. I mean, it's still going on. Like I saw a story, I'm, this may be wrong, but I think it was like somebody who was trying to get a kidney transplant in Australia. And this was like a story just the other day, like a couple of days ago. And because they hadn't gotten their COVID vaccine, they wouldn't let them get the transplant. There's a, and it was like a uh, 16 over 100 colleges that still require students to be uh, have their COVID vaccination uh, to go to that college. And these are, you know, 18 to 22 year old kids at the highest risk of heart inflammation after it with zero risk from COVID. There's literally no benefit for taking it and yet colleges are still requiring it. So it's, um, it's kind of wild. It's all about obedience and control at this point. It really is. Well, that's all it's ever been, but at this point, definitely like that's all you can see through it. They're working right now in the World Health Organization to basically pass something that would circumcede, is that the right word? But basically, 
it would allow the World Health Organization to declare a pandemic and then uh, say what medicines must be used. And it would overrule, overrule would be a better uh, word, or override countries, individual laws who are part of the uh, part of the World Health Organization. So basically, it would uh, circumvent your, you know, liberty uh, <laughs> that, that we have in this country or profess to have. That's why, that's why we've got to create the parallel economy. It's like like they're trying to do or they're doing up in uh, New Hampshire to. Uh, varying levels of success so far but and we uh, also have to disobey <laughs> yeah. Yeah. the right to refusal is inalienable um and we need to exercise that saying no is very powerful and when you uh when you agree to do something that you're not you ultimately you always have to give your consent um and so people can no longer consent to the imposition on themselves, but that means people need to recognize their own power and step up for themselves. It's, it's a lot harder though, in terms of trying to do it with something like that, as opposed to like all these people that have, you know, um, done the silent protests of like target and, Bud Light and all this kind of stuff. Like it's completely different. Um, they have more, something more to lose in that case. So uh, it just have to take real guts <laughs> in order for people to do that. And I don't know if people are uncomfortable enough yet for that to happen. Well, things are going to continue becoming more uncomfortable until people are forced to do so because um, <laughs> it's not it's not heading in a more comfortable direction for uh, everyone except the one percent of the world yeah i would definitely agree well um obviously you have a lot of people on your podcast talking about veganism and i know you're really into your health so i thought uh, maybe you could go and talk about your vegan journey. Sure. Uh, I grew up in the Chicago area. Uh, thought it was manly to eat meat. Never called it eating animals. I always called it eating meat. Uh, you know, Italian beef, Italian sausage, bacon cheeseburgers. Uh, really heavy food. We learned to grill. Um, I used to tailgate at White Sox games and grill all the time. Grill. And it, you know, it's like charred animal flesh that you're heating up, but you don't use the word animal flesh. You're, you always say meat or, uh, you know, whatever euphemism, steak, because um, we want to be disconnected from what we're actually doing and who we're actually eating and how that someone actually got there and had to be murdered for it. Um, anyways, I, I was very, I would be the person to challenge a vegan. And I wish someone would have challenged me back in a coherent <laughs> way back then. 
um, because I, you know, it, it, there were so few, I guess, vegans that I, I didn't know any vegans growing up. Uh, I don't know if you did. That, that was like, I don't think I knew the word, um, no. until my twenties <laughs> and that, and then when I found, yeah, that's the challenge. Um, but through, through education and information, um, we learn and we grow. And so we can choose to intake, you know, reality television, or we can choose to expand our mind, um, in more ways than one. It's funny because now, uh, it was, uh, I watched Forks Over Knives in October of 2015. Um, and that was the Forks Over Knives and then whatever the climate I can't recall what the climate vegan one is. Um, and I know climate change gets really controversial uh, <laughs> as to like that. It's such a, it's, it's intangible. Um, but what is tangible is that uh, species are going extinct and there's ocean dead zones and desertification and, um, we are uh, turning the Amazon rainforest into a carbon sink. Uh, like these, these things we, we can see um, and, and that like fish populations are vastly declining. And, but uh, whether it's getting warmer, um, <laughs> you know, I also see news stories with the, same temperatures uh at in different years but they'll nowadays they project scarier words and, and more red and it's you know if they want to create fear uh around it to i believe usher in more totalitarian control and uh, centralized control of everything and so fear whether it's covid or uh the weather literally if you listen to the weather channel they want to make you afraid it's like uh oh it's raining there's lightning you better be afraid stay home you're you know and it's like it's it's the weather guys um sometimes it gets bad and when it gets really bad you need to go out and help your neighbors uh like it's funny when you live in a smaller town instead of a city and the weather's bad like dumping snow where you can't get out or there's a wildfire everybody comes together in that situation with their neighbors. Like the, the, the weather brings people together in that way. Um, but you know, everyone's so disconnected these days with their screens that you would think the weather person is your friend instead of your neighbor. Uh, they tell you to hate your neighbor because that keeps us divided and yeah. you know, the powerful, powerful anyways, tangent sidetrack. So back to, uh, watch forks over knives. And then the climate one, um, and October 2015 was when the World Health Organization, same World Health Organization, based on a number of studies, declared uh, processed meat a known carcinogen and mm -hmm. red meat a probable carcinogen. And see, this is why it's tough, because <laughs> do you trust the studies? Can you trust data anymore? Like we really have to question that in this era and who's who's running the data. And but also um you can also experiment for yourself. Uh and so 
that same week I learned all those things. And then the next week I tripped on acid. Uh, and <laughs> when you trip on acid, uh, you, your, your brain creates connections in places that weren't able to connect before. And you can, uh, access, not everybody can, but, uh, it's possible to get to places where you can literally access everything. Um, and so then I put all that information together and I resolved at that point to go vegetarian. I wasn't ready to go fully there. It's funny because too, like a a year before that, I believe an acid trip, that was when I was learning about Teflon pans and and the mm. what you were cooking in and we looked at all of our pots and pans and it, we, and it was all like garbage that was scratched up and I realized I was intaking toxins and our our uh, spatulas were plastic instead of silicone and uh, you, you know it was before before I learned about that stuff and so you realize how much damage you're actually doing to your body and then the planet and so I you know I was able to make these connections for myself and you don't need to uh, take acid to go vegan. Um, but I encourage, uh, responsible. No, you um, don't. <laughs> no, no, you don't. That was my path. Uh, everyone yeah. has their own path and journey in yeah. this life. And so, um, so for me, I put that all together. Um, Melissa and I both went vegetarian at that point, And then, uh, a year and a half later, after a couple different signs pointing me in that direction, I finally watched the Earthlings uh, with Joaquin Phoenix. If anybody hasn't seen it, it's available for free at nationearth.com. And I was bawling, crying, and I said, I'm going to go vegan, and I did from that moment. And so now I think I'm in year seven. Um, and so then testing the experience of, is it healthy? I dropped 40 pounds. My BMI is 21.5. Uh, now I was in the overweight category before and 72% of Americans are overweight or obese. It is actually abnormal in our society to be a normal BMI. I know it's not the perfect measure, but it's a, it's a reasonable, uh, one. And, uh, my blood pressure, which was high, uh, regulated and my cholesterol, which was also high, came down significantly in my LDL last I checked was 70. Um, and so basically all, all of my health, uh, came into alignment. I've never felt better. Um, and it was not just veganism because people can be certainly unhealthy, uh, vegans, uh, refined grains, uh, processed garbage uh is always going to be unhealthy for you unless you're eating uh whole foods fruits vegetables legumes nuts seeds um then you're still going to be unhealthy it's what what are you replacing your food with and so you know so veganism isn't about health veganism is about Mm -hmm. the animals but uh which most people don't understand. Plant-based diet is about health, but I'm talking so much. Do you want to explain some of this or should I just keep going with this? Like, I know, I've been talking <laughs> on a long tangent. No, well, no, you're, yeah, you're our guest, yeah. so. Yeah. Go <laughs> as long as great. you want. 
Yeah. It, uh, so veganism, uh, the vegan society definition is the best one. There we go. And in dietary terms, now veganism is a philosophy and way of living which seeks to exclude as far as is possible and practicable all forms of exploitation of and cruelty to animals for food, clothing, or any other purpose and by extension promotes the development and use of animal-free alternatives for the benefit of animals, humans, and the environment. In dietary terms, it denotes the practice of dispensing with all products derived wholly or partly from animals. Um, and then to tie it into spiritual practice, if you know about the Eightfold Path in Buddhism and you look into Ahimsa, which is nonviolence to all living beings, um, it's hard to say you're practicing that while uh, eating animals uh, when not necessary for survival. So um, there's so anyways, that's veganism. So you can be vegan and completely unhealthy and it'd be better for the animals ethically uh, and it'd be better for the planet more than likely, like a hundred percent it would, but you could still be, uh, you know, it's not like palm oil is good for the environment or, or something like that. Obviously a vegan product, but leads to planetary destruction. So there's some, it's like people don't want to do the work to look into all this stuff. And then not only that, we're propagandized to, you know, see happy cows and happy pigs and not the giant factory farms and i mean i live in central oregon now and it seems like like there's some small local farms but for the most part we're growing cattle feed we're growing alfalfa which is a heavy water use thing to feed to cattle to not provide enough sustenance it's like uh you know millions of people are starving around the planet um because we're using so much land, the majority of, of agricultural land in the United States and the world uh, is used for uh, feed crops for the animals and then the, the animal grazing land. And so by some estimates, we could actually reduce uh, global agricultural land use by up to 75 to 83% if everyone switched to a, a plant-based diet and then believe uh, rewilding is a, a possible solution to help uh, bring us back into alignment. Um, and I don't know if you know about rewilding and that whole movement. Nope, no idea. Tell us. Basically, it's just bringing back, uh, bringing back nature as it was. And, and it's really not, it's an allowing nature uh, to come back. And, and it can take some um, it's like, we know how to coax it. We humans are incredible and in that we're both able to create beautiful environments. We cre create permaculture gardens and we can never do it as well as nature did, for instance, in the Amazon. Um, but we can learn to work with nature or we can absolutely destroy the planet. Um, we're really good at destroying the planet, uh, through 
military engagement and a desire for you know uh, concrete and human man-made buildings where there was uh beauty to begin with um and so yeah i i believe uh our path towards harmony is a recognizing we are part of nature and not separate from it and and moving in some way shape and form in that direction um i i don't have all the answers i just have critiques it's <laughs> the way to be so it sounds like originally you went vegan for the animals but then it eventually went into the health aspect which is kind of similar I mean, we did it for our health, but we just didn't know how to do it. Like we were just eating like the fake meats and cheeses, anything that said vegan. We were like, oh, okay, this must be healthy. And then it's like the more and more down the rabbit hole you go, you know, you start reading things, learning about whole food, plant-based, the China study, um, T. Colin Camp by T. Colin Campbell, and then also... Caldwell Esselstyn and heart disease and how it can reverse heart disease. So how, when did you make the connection to the whole food plant-based? And I know now you're actually certified through T. Colin Campbell Center. It's like less of a, it's like you take the course and they give you this certificate, but it's, um, it's not like a, an active license, but I did uh, take coursework through uh, the Center for Nutrition Studies through Cornell University online. With it was it was taught by T. Colin Campbell and uh, Caldwell Esselstyn and Neil Barnard and and a whole bunch of other names that you'd know and some you wouldn't who were also really cool. Um, and the, you know there was coursework and and um even after having watched so many uh videos of because all the information is available on youtube that you could ever want to arm yourself with and there's so much garbage that you couldn't possibly it's like people can go down a click hole and find all the wrong answers too so how do you find the right ones it's like well yeah um <laughs> But uh, Forks Over Knives is a, is a great starting video or the game changers for people. And then um, like what you were referencing with T. Colin Campbell's work who uh, fed uh, different amounts of case, uh, casein, which is the protein in dairy to mice and uh, fed them, I believe, 5% or 15% in the 5% group, uh, basically zero tumors. And in the 15%, there was tumor growth. Uh, and then they would switch it back and forth and they were able to shut down tumor growth or activate tumor growth. They could act activate or shut down cancer. Um, and so his work, he believes that casein, the protein in dairy to be the worst carcinogen uh and most people literally everybody everybody eats dairy right like dairy is butter um dairy is dairy is cheese dairy is milk da dairy everybody except the vegans 
um, still car carves out dairy. And they also think there's no, you know, because you guys probably know about what happens in the dairy industry, but most people don't. So I'm going to tell you. Um, <laughs> Please do. So uh, a cow has a nine-month pregnancy like a human. And then after that nine-month pregnancy, they, they have their baby. Um, cows, in order to give milk, uh, why do humans give milk people for their babies? So cows also have to become so grow. pregnant yeah. to start lactating. Exactly. Um, and so if they have a baby boy, uh, that baby boy or baby girl, either either way, will be taken away from them within 48 hours as per the rules that we currently have set up because it would be cruel otherwise to not take their baby away. And you can watch videos. These mother cows scream out mm -hmm. for their babies. It's heartbreaking. If you can imagine if you're a woman having your baby taken away from you right after they're born, I mean, it's... Um, it's crazy. So we, we take their baby away. And if it's a baby boy, it'll be put in a crate for four weeks and then it'll be killed. And that's veal. Uh, veal is a byproduct of the dairy industry. And if it's a baby girl, uh, she'll be taken from her mother, fed on formula, um, and then artificially inseminated uh, anywhere from four to seven times uh, and have the same thing happen to her, have her babies taken away. And then she'll be because the babies would drink the milk and that milk is obviously made for humans. So, um, so then we milk the cows and, uh, through machinery these days. And you can also look at that and it's, uh, it's not like these are clean facilities. Um, and the cows develop mastitis and 80% of all antibiotics are fed to, uh, livestock. Um, they get, uh, all types of, issues videos again available of all this stuff um but it's not what you see on the side of the highway uh generally unless you're in idaho um these are normally off further from the highway and if anything most people are used to seeing cows out in a field uh which you know for cows it's like 17 percent of cows are uh not from factory farms 83 percent of cows are in factory farms I believe over 90% of pigs, uh, no, excuse me, 99% of pigs, 99% of chickens, double check me on the pigs, but most pigs are, they never see the light of day. They're uh, put in a farrowing crate, um, which is a crate where they basically can't move around. Babies are taken again. And then the only time they ever see the light of day is uh, when they're driven to the slaughterhouse. You think about that, like that's what you're eating when you're eating bacon or pork. You're eating an animal who never got to see the light of day and is in this dark prison in their own feces uh, with no hope mm -hmm. for their existence. And, uh, and you're in taking that when you're eating it. It's like that's, that's beyond health. That's energetic. But we don't. As long as we don't see it right as long as it's out of sight then we don't have to we don't have to confront this reality um for reference as well pigs are said to have the same intelligence level as dogs so if you can just think of that happening mm -hmm. to your old best friend 
you know, it's, it's sad. I've actually heard pigs are um, more intelligent, that they have the cognitive really? ability yeah. of essentially a three-year-old child, whereas a yeah. dog is about a two-year-old um, oh, wow. okay. toddler. Um, and so, like, pigs can literally paint if you give them a paintbrush and a, a canvas. Um, I've met a turkey who can play the xylophone that was put on <laughs> on the wall of the uh, animal sanctuary, and he used to come up with his beak and play the xylophone. Um, <laughs> animals are beautiful, creative individuals, and anyone who has a dog knows that. Um, but uh, we're taught from a very early age that dogs matter, and pigs and cows are here for us to consume, um, and that we need to consume them to be healthy. Um, and anyway, just to round out the dairy after she's had her babies taken away four to seven times, and then she's fully spent and milked out, she'll still, um, become beef. It'll just be more like hamburger meat than a steak because it's, uh, not as good as the, the beef cattle that are actually used for beef. Yeah. And to go back to T. Colin Campbell's findings, um, I'm sure you remember this where, the um he finds that you know babies that eat dairy or consume dairy are more likely to get type 1 diabetes which was shocking to me i didn't know that and you know i think the part that upset me the most was to find out that dairy causes breast cancer and prostate cancer and yet if you look at the Susan G. Komen Foundation for Breast Cancer, who's their number one sponsor? Yoplait. You know, it's just like a lot of these people, they're not, they're not looking at who's sponsoring some of this research that's being done. And that was the other thing I figured, found out in the China study is, you know, all these doctors, they, they know what's right, but they want to profit. I mean, <laughs> yeah, they come out of school with, you know, half a million dollars worth of debt. So what are they going to do? They're going to prescribe these expensive surgeries, these expensive medications to keep you sick and coming back for more. Have you, have you watched Code Blue? We just watched that uh, this past week. I haven't seen that. It was really good. Uh, what was her name? The lady on it? I can't, I can't remember. remember her name. But she uh, she had MS, and uh, now it's... Um, she's a doctor. Yeah, she's a doctor, and she had MS. And she talks about how she got to be on her plant-based uh, journey. And it's it's a really great documentary. You should watch that one for sure. I'd, I'd love to have like a viewing party of that at some point here or at some libertarian event or something, because it's, it's that powerful so many powerful vegan documentaries like it's crazy a lot of whole food plant-based too but then you can go down the rabbit hole of it being kind of depressing because people it's so hard for people to um stay on the diet long term and that's why you've always got to have a why but uh, what are you saying sorry oh uh, no it's just it's tough to get people to watch a movie um i've tried <laughs> tougher to read a book though <laughs> yeah. i would say certainly more difficult to get someone to read a book um <laughs> and i go through i go through times where i just 
fly through books and then I go through times where I'm not in the mood. Same. Um, but ever since we like a little before we had our daughter, we got rid of the television in the house. And so um, I not have, but we, we spend our time taking care of her and reading like, you know, little toddler books and stuff uh, like that. And then after she hopefully goes to sleep, which is always a battle if anyone has young children, um, maybe uh, also get to read and those, those beautiful nap times. Um, but yeah, it's uh, people like watching crap and not thinking and zoning out and taking uh, the easy route. And then uh, you watch them decay. Um, and there's something beautiful within all of us that uh, you can find out and it's, uh, it's up to everybody to choose it, but there's things in the universe that are going to allow you to make decisions that are going to manifest for you. There's going to be forks in the road and you're going to learn things. And then it's like, do I want to, do I want to give leverage to the truth that is coming towards me? Or do I want to continue living in the lie that surrounds me? Um, and you know, that's also its own journey. Yeah, definitely. We're, I mean, I'm guilty of that. Like I was just living the daily grind, you know, going to work, coming home, eating garbage, you know, drinking on the weekends, partying it up. And that's the culture. Yeah. And then it's (laughs) like COVID hit and you had time to like really process things. And then we moved here. We lived in Nashville. So obviously it's a big city lots to do so we always were just like busy keeping our mind busy and so when we moved here there's like nothing really to do so you had time to really process things and like you said things happen forks in the road and it's like we both got covid and so i was watching a documentary on netflix game changers and then i was like you know what i really want to try this i was already kind of on like a healing journey doing yoga you know going to therapy and then that was like the missing link was diet and once we started doing that i just felt so much better like less anxiety, less depression, the weight was coming off, more energy. It just, it was the missing link to what I needed, you know, and uh, I don't want to say whole food plant-based is the only thing you need to do to feel better. Like it's everything. It's your diet, exercise. Do you have a community, you know, um, do you have a spiritual like belief? I feel like all everything is connected and you need it all to feel whole. And that's basically what you were saying at the the start. Um yeah. That's really cool that game changers did it for you. Um, <laughs> but then it brought it all. Yeah, it's it's like then the paths open up and and yoga and therapy that's self-work and it's all self-work everything we do is self-work we can deny doing it we can choose not to but it's all a journey of the self and so if you take that responsibility if you uh don't turn away from what's coming towards you and then you open yourself up to making those changes like i'm sure 
it's so interesting because I don't know if I met the me that used to argue with vegans came from the future, showed up. I'm like, you need to do this sooner because you are going to feel so much better. It's like, I don't know that that would have done it. Everything, you can't change the past. And every decision that happened in my life led me down this path, which is now uh, on a journey of health. And it's so interesting too, because when you're, I'm like, I'm in my, I'm 37. Um, and when I was in my late 20s, I looked like I was in my late 30s. And now when people assume I'm around 30 years old, um, I kind of like reverse aged as I went down this um, process. And then the guy uh, came to, we needed a new dishwasher and he came to install it the other day and he looked my age and he was 27 years old. And I, it's really interesting to see how um, people's uh, health or lack thereof and their lifestyle um, really shows itself as we continue to age past our 20s. Do you ever wonder what it would be like if like your whole life you ate like this? Um, see, yes and no. Um, so we're doing that with our daughter. Um, you know, she's still uh, being breastfed and then also eats, eats whole food plant-based. Girl loves uh, the tofu scramble um, really that's awesome yeah it's how uh, old like, is she now she is 13 months um but so i i don't really worry about the protein because we and you know we really stepped our, our game with the tofu scramble when we got that plant-based cookbook by ashley madden because now we use a little dijon mustard and a little lemon juice on top of the turmeric and the nutritional yeast and the pepper and the garlic and the onion powder and um, but the, the mustard, uh, and the lemon juice really did it. And she just loves that. Um, not that we feed that to her every single day, but like, <laughs> it's like, um, she's getting everything she needs and she's growing well. And, uh, we are supplementing her with B12 now. Um, that is, so how one. do you do that with her? There's a, uh, it's, we found, we found one that, um, is measured. It's a much smaller dose than like the, I don't know. I, I take the, my kind organics B12 spray. I don't know which B12 supplement you guys take. And for anyone like that, that says one. like the vegan diet, uh, doesn't work because you have to supplement B12. Well, the cows that you're eating are supplemented with B12. The, mm -hmm. Most of the B12 supplements go to the livestock, um, or you get your fortified milks or whatever. It's not like you're not supplementing again. You're just passing it through a dead body. Um, and a, so a we're very high, a very high percentage of meat eaters still have a B12 deficiency. So it's not the 39%, my friend. Um, <laughs> okay. Nice. It's, uh, well, it's a uh, 39% <laughs> of the population is deficient. Um, and obviously the, the vegan population is estimated between like one and 3%. Um, okay. but in the UK, interestingly enough, uh, there was a higher rate of B12 deficiency among vegans because in the UK, people were doing it for ethical reasons and in the United <laughs> okay. States, most people are doing it for health. And so when you're doing oh, wow. it for health, you learn that you need to supplement B12, but if you're doing it for the ethics, like you might not go down that journey. And so there's a, you know, it's like, 
it's good to inform yourself uh no matter what on all all things um we have a uninformed populace and an uninformed populace is easily ruled um that, that's the craziest so. part to me because like you would think in this day and age in the age of information like you would think it's like people are dumber than ever and it's crazy i guess just because there's maybe there's so much out there that people just you know want to consume this garbage like reality tv and stuff like that and don't actually want to like research you know nutrition or something it's so I don't know. It's it's really sad though cuz there's just so much so many resources available to you on a daily basis that can improve your life tenfold and it's just people would rather you know just drink a drink some whiskey and just forget all about the day they just had so well, again, really they don't know how good they can feel and you yeah. starting your podcast and having these conversations are helping to spread that message of um, health and responsibility. And I mean, for me, love for all animals on the planet as well, which most people, it's like we, uh, we took our daughter to an animal sanctuary um, in Southern Oregon because uh, Portland got rid of their veg fest, which is crazy because Portland is yeah. like the most vegan city in the country yeah, and they don't crazy. have a veg fest because they're still uh brains a little fried from the covid shit um but uh southern oregon had had one at an animal sanctuary and we went on our first camping trip and uh went down there and she loves animals right kids love animals we even know someone in our neighborhood um who like grazes cattle she like um I, I think the job is like she, she they own cattle, but then they go to other people's farm um, who want the cattle to graze on their land. And so and then so she's like shepherds them for and we found out because I thought it was thought it was like three or four years that they were killing beef cattle. She tells us it's as young as one and a half. Um, and but she has a, a daughter who like. They, she explained what was going on, um, and the daughter. So anyway, they recently adopted a cow, and we're hoping they continue. Like, okay, this one's not going to slaughter, and we're going to keep this one as our pet. But the, the more you connect with that individual, the harder it's going to be for, uh, you know, to continue that uh, path. We do it with humans, too. But it's funny, because you dehumanization allows us to exploit others uh and animals are already dehumanized uh but like if you can expand your circle of compassion to include all living beings then that uh ceases to have any power um and so you could you can choose to live a life that uh seeks to exclude harm as far as practicable and possible. And I say that because most people don't know, like, I believe, uh, like, in, even in roads, there's a, an amount of cow hoof used, I believe. I would have to double check that. Jeez. But, like, in, in places that you would um, think are completely uh, ridiculous, uh, wine sometimes uses fish bladder 
uh, to filter the wine through. Uh, and so there's vegan wines and not, but like, um, you know, I'm not, I'm, you don't have to drink wine, but in general, you have to use roads and we're not telling you not to use roads. And I'm not telling you to do anything. I'm telling you to inform yourself and make your own decisions and see whether or not you want to support industries of exploitation and death or just choose not to and possibly uh, lead a healthier journey or even, you know, at, at this point, I, um, it's like, I would love everyone to be vegan. I'd also be happy if people significantly reduce their animal consumption in general. I, I mean, I'm happy either way because that's about like me and uh, the way I am in this world and the things I do. And if I speak truth and if I do good in my day-to-day life, then I am happy. Um, regardless of what goes on around, because the world has always been fucked from somebody's standpoint, right? Like, literally, we're on the verge of World War III with Russia because we're fighting a proxy war in Ukraine, and now we're saber-rattling with China over Taiwan. It's like we're causing war. There's anger and enmity amongst peoples. We're all freaking people we're all one we all live and share this planet and it's a beautiful place um and so you can be caught up with that and see this world as a horrible place that mistreats people or you can see it as a place that allows us to to grow uh and experience and and then uh align ourselves with good i love that positivity because a lot of vegans go down the black pill hole uh, I'm I'm guilty of that sometimes, not necessarily just being vegan, but being libertarian too. It's definitely not a uh, not a world that caters to either of us. So you're definitely pushing against the tide. Um, so you talked about you know being whole food, plant based. Like, what do you think is the most difficult part about being whole food, plant based? for you is there anything i i mean the only thing is if you want to eat out so we eat out like i don't know maybe three or four times a month in the summer and less in the winter um you know one time a month if that um we do all our own cooking to be whole food plant-based you generally have to cook all your own food (laughs) Uh, and so you have to learn to cook again, taking responsibility because most of us, I, I was raised on horrible processed garbage, uh, food and didn't learn to cook. I learned to grill. I didn't learn to cook. Um, and so it's actually the food network back in college that I like learned and experimented with, uh, cooking. And then you continue, uh, going down that journey. Um, and I mean, today I, 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 I never grew up eating oatmeal. And when I say that people have this like nasty Quaker oats, like idea of what I'm talking about. And this morning and most mornings I have a bowl of steel cut oats, uh, sometimes a little, uh, whole wheat buckwheat as well. Um, and then, uh, cinnamon, nutmeg, cardamom, cacao powder, uh, an assortment of berries, uh, normally frozen blueberries or cherries or raspberries or strawberries. Um, 
and then walnuts or walnuts, flaxseed, chia seed, or hemp seed every single day because that's where you get your omega-3s from as a vegan for people who aren't informed on that. Um, and then uh, and then a full banana, and that's like my normal breakfast. And then before we got on today, I had a, a whole wheat tortilla burrito with uh, some hummus, cauliflower, beet greens, jicama, quinoa, uh and some like fermented carrot and golden beet um but i like even Yum. saying that to you guys it's <laughs> making like, me I never... water my mouth sorry water. go ahead making my mouth water right but like so to, i can just throw that in a burrito but i would never and i i don't know what people are thinking when they hear those things but that that is not nearly none of those things i ate regularly as a uh, child or person in my 20s and when you're on an animal-based diet it's funny because they think veganism is restricted but i eat so many more foods as a as a vegan than i used to uh as an That's omnivore yes. like it was am i having uh <laughs> am i having pig or cow or a turkey or a chicken uh, and then, you know, potatoes and one vegetable, generally like asparagus or zucchini or so something like that. But now it's just, yeah. Um, now that you guys make your own hummus or? Uh, so most of the time. Okay. Um, the, I will say um, it has been more difficult uh with a one-year-old to do everything that we used to. Um, but I, I would say 75% of the time we're making our own hummus. And I mean, when we do, we do like a spicy carrot hummus or a beet hummus, or, you know, we'll throw some rosemary in there. Uh, Cause we have the, the Cuisinart food processor and it's simple. It's just a, a can of chickpeas, uh, tahini, lemon juice, uh, garlic, and, you know, whatever else you want to put in there with the beets. I do roasted beets, but, um, and the roasted carrots work too. And then any other spices you want to, and it always tastes better when you make it yourself. It always does. Um, but there are times also where we just need to get some food in. And so, <laughs> yeah. uh, we, we generally, you know, we buy organic, uh, hummus and then I, I there's a no oil one. Um, and I know there's, you know, that, again, vegan uh, has nothing to do with that, but that's a, um, I don't know. I saw you, Matt, you, you said uh, you were doing the no oil journey. How's that going mm -hmm. for you? Great. So I've lost right at uh, 20 pounds since May the 1st. And my, my, whole, my whole weight loss journey has been pretty crazy because, like, I started... I think I was 234 pounds, 5'9", and now I'm 5'9", 175. So it's I've gone a lot, but not all that was vegan. That was probably maybe 25 pounds I've lost since going vegan, but 20 since going whole food plant-based and just in like a couple, three months. Um, but... I would stress, I mean, I'll, t I'll talk about this all throughout the podcast, but getting your steps in, absolutely key. Um, and I would always recommend if you don't, 
just getting home gym equipment because it's so easy to just say, oh, I'm not going to go to the gym today. But when you got it at your house and you paid for it, at least for me, I'm like, well, I need to use it. And if there's one thing I've been consistent in in the last like two and a half years, it's definitely like working out in the gym. But starting like May 1st, yeah, we've been, we started going whole food plant-based almost exclusively, except when we eat out because it's impossible to eat whole food plant-based when you eat out. But we do that very rarely. Um, But yeah, 20 pounds since May the 1st. And not only like the weight loss for me, like once I cut out the oil, it was the inflammation, like my joint pain drastically decreased. I mean, I've had ankle surgery. I think that was three or four years ago now. And like, I've been able to run jog a little bit, but you know, when I walk, like it doesn't hurt me at all. Um, back in the winter, I had like some kind of, um, it's called the Quervain's tenosynovitis, which is basically like your tendon is inflamed. And so the doctor told me I needed surgery, but then the more, like I talked to people like at yoga, they were like, Oh, I've had that before. Like you, you don't need surgery. It just takes time to heal. And it was like, as soon as I started doing the no oils, like the pain kind of just went away. I mean, it had been months, you know, that I had had it, but that helped a lot. Well, your omega-3 to omega-6 ratio would have been exponentially better once we started doing that because oils are just so high in omega-6 and omega-6s are inflammatory and omega-3s are anti-inflammatory. So you're always going to have, I mean, as far as I'm aware, uh, you're always going to have a higher omega-6, but as long as it's like in a one to four ratio, I think that's the... uh, that's what you're supposed to have. It's like a one to four ratio, but you might know. Yeah. And the, um, in addition, uh, because so the walnut, hemp seed, chia seed and ground flaxseed, as I mentioned earlier, um, give you ALA alpha linoleic acid. Mm -hmm. Um, and then your body is supposed to be able to convert that to EPA and DHA but the conversion ratio isn't uh, the same for everybody. And so you can get your omega-3 to 6 ratios, uh, numbers tested, and uh, but like you can always add an algae oil supplement uh, instead of a fish oil supplement because the fish actually get the B12 from eating the algae. Uh, and so again, there's just no need to um, filter the nutrient you're looking for through a corpse. <laughs> well, that, that's, that's a great, that's a great ending. We're, uh, we're hitting up against the time. Um, where can everyone who's listening to this find you? Uh, my podcast, the Peniel podcast is available on Spotify and Google and uh, Apple and a few other places as well. But I, I, when I started, I didn't, I don't know if you've read the fine print on all the places that you're going to broadcast, but like I didn't put mine on 
like iHeartRadio and I think Amazon Music was one because of the way things were written and the things I knew I'd be talking about. Um, <laughs> I just, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully we continue moving towards just like full freedom, free speech, no uh, restriction on what you can hear. No one telling you that we're going to listen to this first and then tell you what you're allowed to hear. No filters uh, from the state or any other source, just absolute freedom in the information you're allowed to intake and what you're allowed to do with that. But for now, we have absolute uh, authoritarian centralized uh, censorship going on, as was released recently in the Twitter files with Matt Taibbi, and then even more recently, uh, the Facebook files in the congressional hearing, um, where Facebook was also censoring true information regarding COVID. I mean, if, if, if you didn't think the government used to feed you propaganda and that the mainstream corporate media was an arm of uh, <laughs> the 1% before, COVID started, uh, the COVID, COVID was a blessing in that it provided the wake up call that was necessary for a lot of people. And for you, the time, um, to be able to, um, think deeper, uh, and, and make and implement changes. It gave a pause that was necessary. And some people, uh, use that pause in a positive way. And some people, it was another one of those forks, you know, some people, uh, allowed themselves to grow as a result of this new uh, change. And some people um, are doing the same thing uh, they were doing before and are just going to continue repeating that cycle until another opportunity arises where hopefully they uh, make the conscious decision to take responsibility for themselves. And then uh, by doing so, raise their own consciousness and vibration and help, uh, help everyone. Uh, so, yeah. That was a beautiful wrap-up. My libertarian listeners are going to love that. <laughs> but, uh, well, thank you so much for coming on today, Josh. We really yeah, thank it. you. We really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Love Sounds to. good. Thanks for having me. I really wish you both luck on this journey. It seems like you guys have done an awesome job already. So uh, exciting things to come for you guys. Appreciate it. And uh, thanks for listening to the Plant-Based Liberty Podcast.